Sabrina recently graduated from esthetician school. She's now in a new career, which is exciting for her. So, so just pause real quick. Let's yeah. talk oh. about what that is, because maybe somebody doesn't know oh, what, yeah. what that is. Uh, esthetician is aesthetics. It's skincare, especially like the face, uh, you know, making all the hairs look good, like your eyebrows and things, right? Like anything I have never had done, that's what <laughs> she does. You're on the hit list, Josh. Yeah. There's a, she's got a plan for you. So we um, had a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot. I'll say there's a lot of people in this group, small group, that was near and dear to Sabrina Sarr. Actually, all of them were. It was really great to see some of them because we haven't seen them in some of them in a couple of years or more just because sure. life has kind of moved around. And she's seen them. I just had maybe haven't. And one of them was actually a very successful leader in sales. And I had the privilege of him uh, for years being uh, a, a pastor to me and a friend for life. And he's shared some things in kind of perspective now as he's retired and kind of shared about kind of how it was to lead a sales team and some of the things that he's learned now about the younger workforce and has perspective. Okay. So I think I like this. I think let's call it like the perspective of uh, the almost dead. No, better not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe like, uh, like it's good to call it like look at other people's context. And I think maybe this could be something we do a lot, obviously. So play it. I started that too soon. <laughs> I'm gonna judge you to see how you fade this. Brian, you had this idea to talk about this kind of perspective thing. I do, but I need to say the rhythm and roll first, Josh, because you know how. Oh, I, that's true. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. This is Brian. And this is Josh. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry innovating, non traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways, not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Okay, Josh, I got to stop. You've said creative. creative. <laughs> yeah, thoughtful, <laughs> diverse community of fellow curious people. All right, go. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive new notifications of new content. If you like what you hear, and want to dive deeper, visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. So, you know, that's my, like, looking ahead, combining uh, nervousness, anxious body. I, I know with... exactly what it was, but you've said it about six times in a row. I'm like, oh, it'll be okay. And then I'm like, the first time some people hear but... Josh speak, he's saying, create full thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there to impress anybody. And that's abundantly clear. <laughs> and without further ado, here is the show. <laughs> yep. So let's talk about this. You had this idea, yes. as I alluded to before we even talked, uh, about looking at this perspective of somebody that has experience in the workforce. And I, I think this person was in sales. Correct. Marketing. And so you always like to talk to these people. I do, too, because it's great to get these perspectives. But to ask the question, what do you see that is lacking in younger people? 
And when I say that, I don't mean to say like, you're young and you lack. It's really more about how the world has changed about when they first right. came into their career. And it's, a lot of these questions when I've asked professionals have been about career. Then I've asked them when the basically post-digital age, which we're in now, right? Basically, the timing of the iPhone was kind of a good time when you gauge that. I would say that would be like the hard break, like where stuff changed. I like to ask the question, now that you've had the perspective of years and you've watched younger people come into the same profession, what do you notice that you kind of have to train them in that was kind of a normal thing before? And that's how I open up the questions. And it's always very insightful to hear what people have to say. So Randy talked to me about being proactive versus reactive. He said that a lot of young Sell, salespeople think that selling is waiting for the phone call or the email to come to you and then you talk sure. to them about it. He said the idea of, of cold calling or outbound sales is actually very foreign to them way more than it ever was in earlier generations. The only way that you sold something is that you picked up the phone or you knocked on doors and you found the people. And I think that a lot of the digital funnels and things that you do with marketing has made inbound things better. But what's happened, I think, in that is that you've not learned as much outbound disciplines that go along with it because it's easier to have it, like pull things to you that you want, but it's hard to pull things out of people as far as conversation to start that. Yeah, and I also think that it's also like a product of like you said, that we get all this inbound things like our phones are uh, constantly hitting that dopamine of like, oh, you have this, you have this, you have this. But it's never asking you to really do anything. You're clicking on stuff. You're not speaking to somebody, maybe texting somebody. But like if you wake up in the morning and you grab your phone, like let's say you go out, grab coffee or whatever, and you grab your phone. What are you doing? It's a passive activity. You're looking, you're scrolling, you're scrolling, you're scrolling, you, whatever you check, Facebook, Instagram, social, you know, notifications are usually the first thing I check to see if I like somebody died in the middle of the night and I don't know, or, you know, something happened that I don't know about. And if that's usually not the case, most people don't, I think Brian and I are probably the earliest texters, like we'll text people early sometimes, but just ourselves <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, okay, are we doing this today? or? you know, whatever. And I think that is that outward, that outward action that is acting you to be proactive, which a lot of people have gotten out of practice or have never learned, you know, because, I, you know, you and I were practiced at that because that's kind of the, we had to initiate contact with people. And to be clear, I wouldn't call Josh or I either like dyed in the oh, wool salespeople by any, <laughs> gosh, no, I'm, I'm a high introvert when that comes to that kind of stuff, I hate being bothered by salespeople. So I would hate contacting someone for sales. So when you're in a sales role, if there's more people that are more like Josh, maybe, or like, you know, you hear half more of the world introverted, let's say, and there's more mechanisms by which you're getting stimulation, right? Through your phone. You're probably not looking for more. <laughs> no, you don't need it. More you, of you. you just quite frankly, don't need it. I think I'll, I'll twist it too, and I'll say that we are very much in a consumer society where we're consuming things like people consume well, podcasts. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, the United States in general, our economy is based on consumerism. It, if we don't consume things and buy things, our economy doesn't work. Part of the reason we have we have debt and we manage debt all the time and all that stuff is because of the way our economy runs. It runs on that. So I think we've been programmed from a really early age, especially in the United States and a lot of Western countries, to consume content, not necessarily create it. So... And that's where, like, gamers, for example, are huge. Like, they'll consume content on levels that you will not believe. Like, they could go through, like, six months of content in a month or less. And then they're, like, asking where the, where the other stuff is. But nobody wants to step up and create that content, right? So there's few that create many that consume. And I think that's the same thing with sales. There's few people that sell a lot. And there's not that many that sell. You know, there's a lot that sell a little but not many that sell a lot. And so those people that sell a lot are really the drivers of, of things. And so I can see him saying like, look, like maybe he, obviously he was very successful in what he did. So he was on the higher echelon of that, you know, that field where he was selling, I mean, he could sell you a turnip at a strawberry factory, you know, <laughs> you know, that guy could, could do it, could do it probably. Yep. And I mean, I admire those people. Like I, I was in sales for a while and, Part of it was easy for me because the people came to me to want something. It wasn't like I, but I never had to actively go out and get people. If I had to do that, I would not have done that job. Um, just quite frankly, I wouldn't have done it. But it's a skill I do admire in people that can actually like, they can turn that negative into a positive. Like the, because they know when you're talking to somebody on the phone, they don't want to be talking to you. You know, especially if it's around dinner time or whatever, they don't want to be talking to you, but they can usually get something out of, of like maybe one out of 10 people. I'm going to take your phone comment and kind of transition to the next section of it where uh, he had mentioned that people were reticent to pick up the phone. And I, if you think about what the phone, we say a phone, but how often are you talking on the phone? You're doing true. Many other things. Text me or don't don't you dare call me unless someone's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brian and I will often just call each other because it's something that we we can just get it through. But I, if I see a phone call from somebody, especially somebody I'm texting, like actively texting, I'm like, what? Do you, what, 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 what just text it, man. Just text it. <laughs> and what Randy had said was because people were less likely to pick up the phone. It went from email to text. Mm -hmm. What he watched actually was the length of time it took to ring out contract issues. So he'd say, you know, it might take a week of back and forth in the email, like, oh, I missed it. Oh, I'll get to it later. He said, most contract things like that, if you, if they're, you know, if there's a contract in front of them, you could probably ring it out in about five, 10 minutes on the phone. They're right. Just be done with it. Yeah. And he said, so the, the time from when you, you are contracting and when you're ringing that out, he goes, you can shorten it. He said, because the longer it goes, you may lose that deal. And that's fair because if it you kind of get away from having that that emotional place where you're ready to buy. Let's say you've done your research and you know you're ready. And if that just kind of works itself out, it's like uh, you know, and statistics do show that if you're not gonna just strike while the iron's hot, you're not you're less likely to strike the further you get away from it. So capturing that moment. By phone, real-time conversation. Josh and I solve a lot just in our friendship by talking right. on the phone quickly. You know, say, yo, what's up? And we kind of know. The, um, the third thing 
that he talked about actually was rem nature of remote work. Uh, for 42 years, he put on a suit and tie and went to the location to sell because he was in hospitality sales, right? So you're selling hotels and different things. He didn't um, have the option, like in the, especially early in his career, uh, I'm going to work from home and use my computer <laughs> to do it. Right. Now, he said part of the the thing that was that was really interesting to hear him say was he thinks about all the lost productivity that he could have had or uh, lost part he he lost by having to drive in and drive back home and how much time in his life that represented but he could be on the phone making deals because for some of these deals some of the initial conversations it didn't matter if you were sitting in the office or not it just meant that you had the phone call and if you had to go meet somebody on site to do a tour that's different however there's an efficiency that is had now because it's never going back to like, uh, you know, all analog. It's we have digital tools where people kind of want a blend, I think, just by the human connection component. But he sure. said the, the productivity aspect of being remote was interesting and he could watch people be more proactive, but they have to kind of have those lean in mechanisms where you're, you're going hunting. And uh, one of the things that a, a sales leader told me years ago was one thing you can wish a salesperson is good hunting when they go because you're really hunting for those things like to go like where are where are the people that want what i'm selling and you know i've honestly had to, to take my own sensibilities of the word selling and kind of reframe them because i always thought oh sales it's bad but we buy stuff all the time i buy stuff all the time i consider what i'm buying and then i buy it and when I'm talking to people, you know, if you're if you're talking about something where you want to persuade somebody, you're selling that. Right. You know, and so that's just what it is by the nature of it. I mean, that is people do that all the time, not even realizing it. Like when you try to bring someone over to your side of the argument, you're selling them on your idea. Whether you know it or not, we're that's all what you're doing. in that. Yeah. We're all in that um, social contract and the construct and you can't really change it. It just is what it is. So. One Correct. of the things I think that helps people navigate it is reframing how you perceive it and also understanding the game that, that you're in. Everybody's in the game. And, and understanding the psycho, psychology behind it. Uh, a lot of times selling something is actually not that difficult because people want it. They wouldn't even be asking about it if they didn't want it. Or they wouldn't even, I mean, how often would you cold call someone to sell a hotel to them or, uh, you know, a booking or something you just don't do that so there's people that are in the market if they're in the market they're halfway there you know yep. and though when i say cold call i don't mean just random people there's like no here's people who we believe are qualified but we don't have contact with them we need to make contact right and right I, I would think today that's a lot different like probably getting on linkedin and you know facebook <laughs> finding people if they have a phone number that'd be even great but you certainly can snoop a lot more and kind of know a little bit about it. And I think the reason why I've kind of enjoyed having people share information beforehand, especially if you're not comfortable talking to people like that, you at least have something to hang on to ask a question. Because people like to be asked questions that are specific to them or talk about something that they love and know about. And even yeah. what Josh and I do, how can you start a conversation with somebody? It, it, the best, the best thing is tell me more. <laughs> People love to talk, and if you're interested, 
if you are a good listener, you can basically do anything. So go talk to some people and listen to some people. I believe that is key. So let's put a comma here on the conversation. Until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank mm-hmm. you.